welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Today, you're going to learn how to save a bunch of money on events like road shows, user groups, and that sort of thing. Before we get started, I want to update you on my newsletter. For a while, I've only been sharing the latest episode in my newsletter, but recently I've started curating more content that I think would be valuable to you. That's content around science, of course, marketing, of course, careers, and maybe some other fun things. I'm also bringing back transcripts of these episodes because I know not everyone wants to listen to them or maybe you don't get the time this week. The only way to get the link to the transcript will be in the newsletter. So go to lifesciencemarketingradio.com and subscribe. Now, let's see if we can find you some more money. Bonnie Sepkowski is the president and chief strategy officer of Stellar Meetings and Events, and she specializes in events for life science companies. This is her second visit to LSMR. A couple years ago, we talked about putting on outstanding customer loyalty events. And today, we're going to talk about saving a bunch of money on any kind of event you're doing. And if you've listened to this podcast for any period of time, you know how much (laughs) events drive me crazy. I got to tell this story. So first of all, welcome, Bonnie, before I ramble on. (laughs) No, thank you. I can't wait to hear the story of mass spectrometry. I've been to the American Society of Mass Spectrometry meeting twice. At that meeting, every on the exhibit floor, every company only gets a 10-foot booth. But then all the companies, all the vendors rent out and put on these big hospitality suites where it's all kinds of activities to draw in big audiences and so on. And the first time I went, I'm talking to my events manager and, and she said, do you know how much those chicken fingers cost? And I said, no. And there were four bucks for each little chicken finger. And I knew the budget for the whole event was huge and a major part of my whole budget for the year. And it just, and I look at what we're spending and I'm thinking, how do we get this money back? <laughs> but four, bucks, four bucks a piece is pretty good for chicken fingers at a it, hotel. It works out. So. <laughs> but nevertheless, um, all of you, I'm sure would like to spend less money or at least get more out of your events budgets. And so Bonnie's really good at this. She's thought about it a lot. She has tons of experience. And so we're going to go down a list of things that um, where you probably save money if you don't do this regularly. Let's start off with the simple one, water and coffee, which really should be nearly free, right? Oh, and yet it's probably where we spend most of our money. So, um, I look back, my maximum coffee spend, I think, was $195 a gallon. And that's, that's not just coffee. That's, that's what your hot water for tea costs as well. So once you put it in one of, those, uh, one of those thermoses, you're paying by the gallon. Um, and that is probably everyone's biggest, most shocking price. Um, I would say the average is somewhere in the high 80s per gallon, plus, plus, plus tax, plus service. So you're going to spend $100 a gallon. Yeah. And so what's the alternative 
to that. And we're going to get to that plus plus thing at the end here. But what's the alternative to putting things in thermoses and paying huge prices? Well, there's a couple of workarounds for that. The, the, the best one I've found is to arrange an all-day break. And, and in that case, they're charging you per person. And it's you have coffee all day, but you're not paying by the gallon. Um, and you can have them uh, refill whenever you want. So, you, you know, you start with a smaller amount. Or if you're going by the gallon, small cups and no f- refills without permission. So they'll just come and continually refill those thermoses for you throughout the day and charge you every time. So if you're paying by the gallon, and the math works in, in that sense, paying by the gallon works for you, then make sure that they come to you or whoever your assigned person is before they refill. Um, coffee is generally included in breaks, so if you're paying $20 a person for your break, which includes some snacks and things like that, just ask them to leave that coffee out after the break's over. It's going to stay fresh for, for a while, certainly until your next meal. It's a tough one. It's the kind of thing you want to try to negotiate in, in advance. Um, and across the board, food and beverage minimum. No one so far has given me free coffee. And keep track because you don't know what's going to show up in your bill. There are there are mistakes made, but there's also padding that goes on in, in some cases. In quotes, padding. Yes, padding. Uh, you know, uh, charging just maybe one or two extra gallons of coffee for your meeting or five or six extra people. Keep an eye on those things. Most venues are ethical and don't do that, but there are still some that do. So it's it's no surprise that um, bottled water is also expensive, right? I mean, it's it's expensive wherever you buy water in a bottle. So, well, it's also an environmental nightmare. Indeed. So there's there's really nothing good to be said about bottled water unless you're on in a third world country or Florida, where the water tastes awful. Um, in my experience, um, I I say pitchers of water on the table, uh, a bubbler of water in the back of the room. And you can make that look nicer. You can ask them to throw some sliced lemons, sliced cucumbers, sliced limes, oranges, whatever, into the pitchers. Um, And then people can serve themselves as they care to. And that's free um, versus maybe $7.50 a bottle for bottles of water. And when you're talking about hundreds and hundreds or even thousands of people, you're going, you can go up into the tens of thousands of dollars in bottled water very easily. And that's not to mention just all that garbage you're making. Meetings are one of the worst uh, environmental hazards we've got. We go through too much paper, too many bottles, too many cans. So anytime you can avoid that, you're, you're doing a good deed in addition to saving money. Yeah, nice. Let's talk about resort fees. What should <sighs> we, we be looking for there? This this is the the absolute um, my my meeting nemesis is the resort fee. We talk about this a lot in the industry around the advent of of hotels dot com and and Expedia and all of those organizations, all those companies that are trying to get the lowest price out there came the resort fee, and that is a way for the hotel to add a cost without formally adding a, a cost to the room. So if you go to the website. This new hotel.com, 
and you look at the price of a room and it says $150, you might click on that because it looks like a good price. And then way down at the bottom, when you're putting in your credit card number and you're clicking uh, in the small print, it will say this rate does not include the mandatory $40 per night resort fee. That used to be resorts on beaches with chairs and umbrellas and water sports and things like that. But now, midtown hotels with absolutely nothing resorty about them have moved to the resort fee model. And what that does, it allows them to keep their published room rate low while bringing in an extra $40 per room per night. And what they do with that additional revenue is they aim it wherever they need to. So if if the restaurant is doing poorly that month, they can just move that money right into the restaurant, into the bar, into housekeeping, wherever they're coming up short. So it's not, in their minds, it's not room revenue. Um, for you, of course, for all of us, it's still the price of the room. Right. It's still a mandatory fee. And most hotels, especially in cities, uh, the, the inclusions are uh, a water bottle, a glass, a bottle of water, uh, a coffee machine in your room, internet access, and free 800 numbers on your phone. Um, so you're not getting anything for that extra $40. It's so just you, pure clean revenue for the hotel. Right. So, but as a meeting planner, you must have some way of negotiating that out. It's a tough one. Um, yes, I have, I have not booked a hotel where I have not been able to negotiate that out. The truth is I've had to walk away from properties, but I think that's important because we, we need to kind of take a stand on that as, a, as an industry. Um, many hotels will not waive that fee, but if you're a meeting planner, they, they kind of get that, that you've got their number and will, um, will negotiate with you. Um, so it's, it's a tough sell but it can be negotiated out. And if it can't, then it can be with the hotel next door. And I think that that's important. Um, that is a, an enormous surprise expense for people on their vacations, certainly, but much more so when you're booking a couple hundred rooms. All right, let's talk about um, attrition. How is that, how is that expensive? What? <sighs> Just experience this. Uh, attrition is, is a... Is a so when you book a hotel for a meeting, you contract for X amount of rooms per night. Um, and you are obligated to pay for those rooms whether you use them or not. Hotels will negotiate with you for uh, a certain amount of slippage. So let's say uh, the average is 10%. For numbers sake, let's say you've booked 100 rooms, you are now obligated to 90. If 50 show up, you still have to pay for those 40 rooms. And that's attrition. It also applies to your food and beverage. There's a, a formula wherein hotels figure out exactly how much food and beverage they have to sell to make your meeting profitable for them. And that will be based on how many people are attending and how many meals you're having, and you have a minimum. There's a multi-step process to dealing with attrition, and it starts at your first conversation and doesn't end until your final bill is paid. But the most important thing you can do is to try to get that slippage allowance to be as high as you can. Obviously, you need to book a certain number of rooms. My big fear would be not filling those rooms. 
And your only leverage point is to say, how much slack will you give me or the date on which I'm going to tell you we are or are not going to make it. Is that right? And those are two separate things. So you have a cutoff date in addition to your attrition clause. Um, and what that means is that if you have not picked up all of your rooms by usually it's 30 days prior to the start of your meeting, not only are you obligated to pay for the additional rooms, but they don't have to give you additional rooms or they don't have to give them to you for your, for your rate. So right. if your meeting starts November 1st, on October 30th, you've picked up 50 rooms. You owe them 40 more. But now they've they've put those rooms out to sell. Right. And so you pay the going rate for those rooms or the hotel sold out, but you're still obligated to pay for them. And a really important clause um, that I put into all my contracts that I suggest that everybody um, request is that if the hotel sells out, then you are not obligated to pay the attrition. Yeah. Now, there's there's a lot of wording that goes into that. Um, if it's called a penalty, then they can charge you whether the hotel is available or not. Um, so you, you need to work around the availability of the hotel. So I check the availability of my hotels every day when I'm coming up short. So, yeah. that, um, so that I can say, okay, you're sold out. So you have to waive all the attrition now. Let's talk a little bit about um, union cities, which I think everybody understands may be more expensive or have more costs that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise have and of course unions exist for a reason so um tell me your thoughts on that like well i'm certainly um a supporter of um fair wages and fair um compensation for for everyone um but in certain cities for instance chicago new york san francisco the unions are, are very very strong there and uh, it, it becomes very, very difficult to manage a meeting uh, with anything you're bringing in yourself. So, for instance, I bring breakout projectors to all my meetings. It saves about $1,000 per breakout room per day, and you can't do that at a Union City. In your contract, it will say that there will be a $5,000, I'm making that number up, $5,000 fee if you bring in an outside vendor. Additionally, you have to have shadow, what they call shadow staff, which means that if you bring in a video editor or a videographer to come and videotape your meeting, then you have to also hire their videographer. If you bring in your own sound guy, you also have to bring in their sound guy and pay them at union rates. And that's how they keep you from bringing in your own, uh, your own teams. Because the hotels have to negotiate with those unions on many, many things. Correct. I'm assuming, right? And so if they just go around that, then they're missing out somewhere else. So that's, right. that's why that happens. Well, the hotel gets a portion of all of the AV costs. So it's an outside, generally an outside AV company. And everybody gets a piece of that. And the compromise yeah. there is to split it. 
but again, you have to negotiate that up front. So I negotiate my audiovisual contract, which is separate from your hotel contract. I negotiate that during initial contract negotiations. Don't leave that for later, which most people do. Because once you're locked into the hotel, you're locked into the AV. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be a small clause that says that you, and meeting planner, we're, we're all familiar with this. So um, this is not going to be news to anyone who's, who's a planner, but there'll be a clause in there that says um, that they have an exclusive with XYZ audiovisual company. And there is a, a fee and a need for some sort of insurance that you might not have in order to bring in your own. So what I do is I get I get the costs, all the uh, I get a price list from the AV company, and I get on the phone with them and start my negotiations with them while I'm negotiating with the hotel. And then it can all go to, all together, and everybody knows what to expect. But in most cases, if 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 you're fair, and you don't take everything from the AV company, then they're happy to work with you. Unless you're in New York, New York City, there is no flexibility. Those are the Teamsters. Got it. Yeah. You, and know, you don't mess. I don't mess with the Teamsters. They locked me in a room once. Yeah. I saw that on your website. I want to hear that story <laughs> sometime. <laughs> don't touch their stuff. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Here's one that people might not think about power cords, power supplies, things like that. This is always a surprise. Um, the law of the land says that you can't charge for utilities. So a hotel cannot charge you for the water that you use or the electricity that you use. You cannot resell a utility. That's national law. But what they can do is charge you for the process by which you get that electricity. So if you're having a user group and everyone needs to be plugged in, Generally speaking, a power strip is about $30 per. And then there's the cost of the extension cord, which is, which is dependent upon the length of the extension cord, but let's say 50 And then there's the labor to set that up. So if you're setting up a room for 200 people who are going to be on their laptops for the whole session and they need to be powered up, you're probably going to spend $1,000 minimum per day on just on getting them plugged in. And it's the kind of thing like 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 podiums and easels and flip charts that people think of as just a favor and are always surprised when it shows up on the bill. So just assume everything costs money. Um, I bring my own, I, I bring power strips, surge projectors, and I, I bring them with me. And that's where it makes sense, maybe for some to hire someone like you who you have it you're going to use it frequently because when you tell me 50 bucks for an extension cord and 30 bucks for a power strip i'm thinking why don't i just go down the street to home depot and buy them and then like everything else at the show throw it out at the end but right. obviously we don't want to do that right so, it's the same thing with the projector someone who has that brings it to a meeting every week wherever you're going You've got you know a way to pack it, ship it, and uh, and save money in the long run. They all come from place to place with me: HDMI cables, um, presentation remotes that which are generally fifty dollars a day. Anything that 
that would make you say, hey, can you grab me a is something that you wouldn't think of as having a cost, but it does. So let's talk about the cost that is doesn't show up like we talked about before, like the resort fees and the plus plus. Oh, plus what, plus. what exactly is that? Because plus plus is I've is, never seen a plus plus in a store. Is meeting meeting planner lingo for plus service fee plus tax. So, standard service fee for any of your meeting food and beverage is going to be between twenty three and twenty six percent, which is a pretty significant gratuity. But it's it's no longer a gratuity. It's just an an extra revenue stream. That is every hotel in the U.S. has a service fee. And I haven't seen one below 22%. It used to go to the staff, and now it doesn't. It was a gratuity. Now it's just hidden cost. Yes. Uh, service fee should not be considered a fee for service is the way it usually comes across. I I asked a hotel a while ago about that because they, they actually had a, a line that said, this does not go to staff. And her response, which I wrote down here, is, we do not offer a service charge at our property. It's an administration charge, which is revenue for the hotel. We choose to compensate our employees comfortably through other avenues. So basically, the 25% service fee has nothing to do with service. Your food's just 25% more. So be like going to a restaurant with a menu and you order a $10 burger and it's actually a $13 burger just because... Math. Right, and the and the server doesn't get that money. It's pretty significant, and then uh, generally the tax is added first, so the tax also has a service fee applied to it, and that plus plus applies to absolutely everything you do in the hotel, your meeting room rental, your presentation remote, your surge protector, your food, your easel, your podium, everything has a service fee including your AV. So you have to assume at least 30% on top of the numbers that they show on the menus and the price lists. It'll You'll see it in fine print on the bottom. Nothing costs what it appears to be. Everything costs something and nothing costs what it says it costs. Nothing costs what it says it's going to cost. Um, and that you're not going to get around. Just like you can't get around tax, you can't get around service fees. Um, that is... That is the eternal conversation, but they will never, uh, there has never in my career, I shouldn't say never, there's probably people who have been able to pull this off, but no one's been able to get a, a service fee waived or changed. That is a, a hugely important piece of revenue for the hotel. That's a budgeting issue. That's really and not even selling the idea of negotiation on this one. This is about figuring out how much you're going to spend at the end of the day. Yep. So the biggest cost is? The biggest cost is not having a professional there to walk you through everything. Hotels see you coming, and I shouldn't beat up on hotels. All the hoteliers I know prefer to work with planners because everything's easier. Um, they don't right. have to explain everything. They're not everything. trying to educate me. But they're not going to educate you. <laughs> Right. They, yeah. <laughs> they they see you coming. Um, the people, the revenue people, love to see you coming. The people on the ground, your salesperson who's going to have to deal with you later, 
um, when things cost more than you thought, your customer service manager, who's your, your person on the ground, who's managing the entire program, they want you educated. They want a meeting right. planner. And I, yeah. I, I think most of us can save what you charge us at, a, at an absolute minimum. Right. And that's, that's the value of having a planner who understands all these things, speaks the language of the hotel, can get all these things done and make your event run smoothly and get the most out of it. And when we our- talked about saving, you know, possibly $10,000 on water. Yeah. That's another whole event. I mean, maybe not obviously of the same size, but putting up a small booth at a conference that's sort of ballpark minimal show in my experience. Right. That's one more show you get to go to just based on the water you wasted. At. Yeah. And there, there are a lot of ways to save money. Sometimes that way is to not have a meeting or to have a smaller meeting or to have a shorter meeting. But having someone who understands the business can, can help you walk through that. Yeah. Um, so I, this compress, been- I compress more agendas than I expand well we could talk about that another time but um yeah this has been really really enlightening and as again people know how much this stuff baffles me so i really appreciate you taking the time to explain where the money can be saved and there's actually more if you go to bonnie's website where i will put a link stellarmeetings.com in the show notes she has a list of a few more things you could save money on and um, I've worked with Bonnie. I highly recommend getting in touch with her if you're going to put on a significant meeting. Thank you. There you have it. What are you going to do with all that money you saved? Some of you might be interested in another podcast, The Buzz from the San Diego Biotech Network. It's aimed at scientists and entrepreneurs in Southern California but the stories we're telling are really of interest to anyone in the life sciences. You can find it on your podcast app or go to sdbn.org buzz and sponsorships are available. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with a fun episode here on long form content. In the meantime, please share this podcast with a couple of colleagues. It is much appreciated. Bye-bye. <laughs>